What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the How to Vegan podcast. My name is Kristen Pound. I'm the host of this podcast. And oh my God, I was not planning on taking like a two month break, but it happened and I needed it. And it was so good for me. But I am so excited to be back. I'll talk a little bit about where I was and all that stuff in a second. Um, but that break was not intentional, but I definitely needed it. So I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be bringing you guys another episode. I just love this podcast. I just, uh, I just love it. It makes me so excited. Like I just love gathering information and teaching other people. So this has been something that I've been really excited about over the last couple of months is kind of diving back into this when I felt ready and I'm finally feeling ready. So today's episode is going to be all about the supplements that I take personally as a vegan. So I did an episode on this similar episode, I guess. I think it was episode number five called Getting the Nutrients You Need. And that episode was really, really helpful, but it also kind of talked about, you know, we talked about protein and calcium and kind of your macronutrients as well as the micronutrients. And I get a lot of questions about supplements. And I have a YouTube video on my Kristen Pound YouTube channel, kind of about the same thing. It's about a year and a half old at this point, though. So the supplements I take as a vegan is what it's called. I'll link that in the show notes if you want to go check that out. But I wanted to do kind of an updated version and a specific episode targeted all about supplements for the podcast. Because I think that it's just a question that comes up so much and it and it is important. It's something that definitely needs to be talked about. So I wanted to have a separate place for people to kind of know that I have an episode specifically about supplements. So if they're interested, they can check that out. So that's what this episode is. And I'm really excited because my supplement routine or schedule or intake has changed a little bit. And I'm going to talk about why and we're going to dive into the supplements I take, why I think you should take them, the RDAs how much they cost, all of that stuff. So if you're curious about what supplements you should be taking or want to know what supplements I take, then this episode is going to be super, super, super helpful for you. So I'm excited to kind of dive into the information here in a little bit. But first, I just thought I'd kind of just give you a little update because I think in the last episode, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm doing regular podcast episodes again. And I really, I really like sticking to that every other week schedule. But I'm finding out that I just wasn't really fully enjoying my life because I was focused for the past four years on pretty much putting out content as much as possible. And I wasn't allowing myself any kind of like flexibility or freedom or anything like that. So I'm kind of switching up my like schedule in life to be a little bit more relaxed and not quite so strict about things. Not that that won't change because y'all know things change in life. But as of now, I still am planning on sticking to the every other week schedule for the podcast. But if I miss a week here and there, that might happen. Or I might do a couple episodes back to back. It just kind of depends on what is feeling right and and all that stuff. And and I've told you guys before, these episodes, like, they're not just chitty, chitty, chatty episodes where I'm interviewing people. These take me hours and hours of research and I really want to make sure I'm putting out the best information for you guys. I don't want it to be information that I just kind of toss together. And I could do that. I could do an episode every week and just kind of like find some information, put it together and talk about it. But I want this to be a place that you guys know that you're coming to get like really good quality information. And I've like researched it and found all of the 
you know, studies that kind of go behind these things and, and everything like that. And I just put a lot of time and effort into putting all of this together in my own way and giving you guys the best information that you can find about these topics. So that if you have somebody that asks you, hey, what kind of supplements you can t- do you take as a vegan? You can either direct them to this episode or hopefully after listening, you'll have enough knowledge that you can kind of pass that information on yourself and it will be information that's well-researched and well thought out and and all that stuff. And that's just really, really important to me. I'm kind of a perfectionist. Like I said before, I have my teaching degree. I love teaching. So for me, it's just, it's just this podcast is a perfect way for me to kind of highlight all of my strong suits, I guess. So I kind of took like a little two month mental health break. Didn't even realize I needed it. I went on vacation, family road trip um, to Iowa for like a little family reunion. And I was sitting in the back seat of the car on the way home. My dad was driving. It was my birthday and I'd never had like just a chill birthday like that. And I was just sitting in the back and it just hit me. I was like, I've been working too much. I have been like neglecting my friends, neglecting just my happiness and I don't want to do that anymore. So I decided to take a little break until I felt like I was ready to come back. And it's just been such a fun summer. And it's been so full of just spontaneity and hanging out with people when they ask and not feeling like I have to say no to new friendships or to the friendships I currently have because I'm just filming, recording, editing, creating graphics, creating promo videos. I mean, posting on Instagram, I have a Facebook group of almost 78,000 members and it's growing so fast again. And I just want to make sure that I'm taking time to live my life. So I just wanted to give you guys a little update of where I went for a minute. And I'm not saying that that's not going to happen again, because oh man, this like content grind is awesome, but it is pretty intense. And if you have a podcast or YouTube channel or you're do anything similar, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, well, now you know, this stuff isn't just like hit record and it's done. And then you send it out into the world. It takes, it takes a hot minute to get all this done. So I'm just trying to be a little bit more on top of my self-care and some of you listening might resonate with this like oh my god I've been driving myself into the ground and that leads to burnout which doesn't make my content good when I'm just super burned out and tired. So all of that is to say that I'm still going to be producing these podcast episodes no matter what because I love it so much Um, and we'll just kind of see how how regular they stay. Right now I'm enjoying the every other week vibe because it gives me a week to research and then a week to kind of put everything together and edit and all that stuff. So that's kind of where we're at right now. But I've been having a really, really fun summer and I hope you guys have been too, or if it's winter where you're listening, I hope you've been having a good winter, whatever, whatever has been going on for you the last couple of months. I hope you've been really well. I've missed you guys a lot and I'm really excited to start producing content again and pushing out episodes for you guys, because I know that you guys have been loving it. I get like DMs every single day from people like, I just found your podcast. It's awesome. I'm loving it. You guys are awesome. So that's where I've been. That's kind of upcoming plans. I just wanted to update you a little bit on that. And if you haven't followed the How to Vegan podcast account on Instagram yet, then go do that. I am going to be posting regularly there again and all that stuff. It's just a good way to kind of stay connected and and share content that I post there and stuff. So go follow How to Vegan podcast on Instagram. And if you're listening to this episode and you're enjoying it, take a little screenshot on your phone and post it to your Instagram story and tag both How to Vegan Podcast and my personal account, Kristen.pound. Um, it's K-R-I-S-T-E-N for anybody who is interested in knowing. Um, again, I'll have links to all of this in the show notes. So if you go to kristenpound.com slash podcast forward slash podcast, you'll find the episode and you can click on that and find links to everything that I mentioned and more. Um, links to the YouTube video, 
which if you guys haven't noticed yet, I'm not doing the unedited videos. As of now, I'm just putting the audio, the edited audio up on YouTube just because again, it was just too much for me to do by myself. Hopefully again, I'll bring the unedited video back in the future, but for now it's just the audio, but you'll find links to everything that you need and all of that there. So just so you guys know that that is always going to be there on my website under the podcast tab. But yeah, share screenshots of you listening to the episode. Let people know that you're enjoying it. Share this with anybody that you think might benefit from it because the podcast is growing. And I think everybody kind of needs to hear this information, whether they're vegan or not. I think the best thing that people can do is educate themselves and then make a decision that feels right for them. So gathering as much knowledge as possible is awesome. So those of you listening, congratulations. <laughs> you are educating yourself and with more education comes power, power over decisions, power over your life. So good for you for listening and educating yourself. If this is your first time tuning into the How to Vegan podcast, then definitely make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast listening platform. So whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, I have this podcast in lots of places. Um, go follow, go subscribe, leave me a comment, leave me a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps push the podcast up. So I really appreciate anybody who has left a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Um, that's so helpful. And if you haven't yet, then go create an account and do it. I would absolutely love you forever because it really, really kind of pops that podcast up there, which is what we're looking for. And, and like I said, if you ever just need a jumping off point and you can't remember where to go, just head to my website, kristenpound.com and click on the podcast tab. You'll find everything you need there. And if you love the podcast and you want to help support the podcast for free, then click on the Amazon link in the description slash show notes. I kind of use that those words interchangeably because it totally depends on what platform you're listening on. But like I was saying, if you want to support the podcast, like literally for free for you, then use my Amazon link. Um, and anytime you shop on Amazon, they'll kick me back like a small percentage of whatever you buy. It doesn't even have to be the stuff on like my favorites list. So if you're going to shop on Amazon, which I know a lot of you do, use my link before you go shop. And it just kicks me back like little pennies of what you buy. And it just helps support me for free for you. And every little bit counts because I do this completely for free for you guys as of now. And if you really love the podcast, like I said, just head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a little rating and review, share this episode with anybody who might be interested in it. Like I always say, share it, share that vegan love. It feels really good. The ripple effect is real. The sharing is real. It just makes a difference. Everybody feels like they don't make a difference, but what you do makes a difference. And then what you share with other people makes a difference and then they make a difference and they share with their friends and it's that ripple effect and it's totally real and it's really, really awesome. Okay, that's enough. Usually my intros are not that long, but I just kind of wanted to chit chat with you guys and let you know where I've been and what the plan is and all that stuff. So I think that's enough of all the intro stuff. <laughs> Hopefully as I do these more regularly, I won't have quite so much to say, but I do kind of like updating you guys and chatting and stuff like that. So let's get into today's topic because I'm really excited about it. It's a really important one and I've got lots of really, really good information for you. So do vegans need supplements? What supplements might vegans want to consider taking? How much of each supplement is needed? That's kind of the stuff that we're going to cover today. And kind of jumping off point, the best way to get your vitamins, minerals, and nutrients is through the food that you're eating. So if you're eating a really healthy, whole food, plant-based diet, 
full of lots of colors and it's very and it's really varied, then you're probably going to be getting most of the nutrients that you need, the vitamins, the miner- minerals, all of that stuff. But some supplements, in my opinion, and most other people's opinion, are definitely needed. And I do want to say I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I do have my health coaching certification. And like I said, I have my teaching degree, which doesn't have anything to do with nutrition, but I do have my health coaching certification. Um, So, but I'm not a doctor. And, And please consult with your doctor before adding any of these supplements to your diet, before taking anything out. Um, I, that's just something that I think you should do if you're adding anything or taking anything away um, or you have any concerns, just talk to your doctor. These are just my recommendations and kind of over the seven plus, almost eight years of being vegan, kind of what I has what I have found works for me. And um, I just want to kind of share that so you guys can kind of have a jumping off point and kind of know what I take and you can kind of decide if that sounds good for you or if you want to change it up, talk to your doctor. You can hit me up if you have any questions. You can find me on Instagram or on YouTube. Um, you can find me anywhere and ask me questions. You can send me a DM. You can ask it on a post. I love answering your questions. So feel free to hit me up if you have any specific questions after I kind of get get done with the podcast. So something else I really recommend is getting your blood work done first if you can. Like go get a full blood panel done, get that back, and then you can kind of see like a full picture of what you might be low on, what you might be completely fine on. It can just really give you a good idea of where you are. Um, I waited a couple years after I was vegan. I think my parents like forced me. They were like, oh my God, you've been vegan for two years. Like go get your blood work done. Got to make sure that everything is where it should be. And everything was perfect. Like I had been taking a couple of supplements, which I'll talk about here in a minute, but everything was perfect. Like the doctor was like, what are you doing? You are so healthy. Keep doing it. And I told him, I was like, I eat a plant-based diet. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't eat that. I don't recommend that to my people because I don't know much about it, but keep doing it because you are so healthy. Like he was like shocked at how healthy I was. So my blood work came back really, really great. But every person, every single person is different. Your body is different than my body and then different from your friends and everybody's body is different. So take that into account and you got to experiment and find what works what works best for you. But getting your blood work done can be really, really insightful and eye-opening. So before considering a supplement, I like to kind of have it check off three boxes. So in my view, I like to to make sure that these three things have been kind of proven. And then that way I can definitely say that, yes, I need the supplement or I would like to take the supplement. So the first one is it, is it that it's been proven necessary so that it's, you know, an essential nutrient that we can't get in our diet or, again, that your blood work shows that you're not getting it from your diet um, and you might want to supplement. Number two is that it's proven safe for long-term use and everything that I'm going to be talking about today has been proved to be that. But if you're curious, you can always look up peer-reviewed studies and all of that stuff. And then number three is that it's proven irreplaceable. So the active ingredient cannot realistically or practically be obtained in sufficient or safe amounts by dietary means within a plant-based diet. So those are kind of the three things I like to make sure of before I take a supplement. So I'm not just taking like a daily multivitamin with everything in it because that's excessive. I get most of everything that I need through my food. And some of these supplements are just kind of like a backup just in case, but most of it you can get through your food. There's really one or two. um, There's really one that most vegans, vegetarians, I think all omnivores should be taking. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And then the rest are kind of backups or just to make sure type things. and, And we'll go into each of those for sure as well. 
Um, something else that I wanted to, to talk about before I dive into the supplements I take is um, tracking your nutrients. That's another really, really great way to kind of make sure that you're getting what you need. And although they're not, you know, the apps and the websites are not perfect, um, it's a really good kind of good, good way to kind of get an idea of what you're eating and the nutrients and minerals and vitamins and all that stuff that you're getting. And you kind of get a good, good idea of that. And then you can know like, oh, wow, if I eat this, then it gives me this much protein, this much calcium, this much vitamin B, all of that stuff. So using something like chronometer or my fitness pal and tracking your nutrition and your food intake for like a day or two or a week or however long feels good for you. I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I'll pick a day here and there and just be like, ah, I want to know what I'm eating and making sure I'm getting everything. But if you're brand new to this, I would highly recommend tracking your nutrients. It, it can seem a little tedious tracking your food intake for a day, but it's so helpful to have that like picture at the end, kind of knowing like, oh, wow, I am definitely not getting enough X or I'm getting way too much of this. Maybe I don't need a supplement of that or whatever. So I would recommend doing that and kind of getting an idea as far as your food intake and all of that stuff. So, okay, let's get into the supplements that I take as a vegan. Um, again, these have kind of been over the years. This is what has I found has worked best for me and, I'll, and I just want to share them with you guys. So the first one that I recommend, and this is the first thing that you will hear that all vegans, vegetarians need to definitely be supplementing is vitamin B12. So vitamin B12 is important in your brain, your nerve, and your hematologic health, which is your blood health. And it also plays an important role in the control of DNA regulation, plus it provides your body with energy. B12 deficiency can result in blindness, deafness, and even dementia. So it really messes with like your nerve and your brain health. So it's super, super, super important that you're getting enough vitamin B12. And neither plants nor animals make B12. It's actually produced by bacteria. And it luckily doesn't need to be obtained from animal products. Although animal products are usually a good source of B12, you don't have to get it from animal products if you don't want to harm an animal. But when animal products are eaten, B12 is just ingested as well, kind of as like a byproduct. B12 is also found to some extent in soil. But when we wash our produce, we wash off the B12 rich bacteria. That's kind of where the animals are getting it. They're eating things that aren't clean. I mean, we don't like power wash the food that we're giving these animals. They kind of live in like a dirtier environment than we do. So they're eating foods that have this B12 and then their bodies are kind of producing them and storing it and then we eat it. And we could potentially get some B12 through our soil as well, our, although our soil now is super depleted from, you know, how it used to be. And we just clean our produce so well that all of that stuff is kind of washed off. So definitely want to supplement with a B12 if you haven't started doing that yet. By some estimates, like 50% of vegans and 10% of vegetarians are deficient in vitamin B12. And in the absence of any B12 in the diet, deficiency symptoms usually take like five years or more to develop in adults. So even though you're like, oh, I'm not taking a supplement, I feel fine your body might be starting to go through the process of becoming deficient, which is, again, really, really dangerous. 
I recommend taking about like 250 micrograms daily, ideally as a liquid, a sublingual, or a chewable form for better absorption, or like 2,500 micrograms once a week if that schedule works better for you or like depending on the supplement that you take. Although the less frequently you consume vitamin B12, the higher the amount needs to be in order to give the desired like absorbed amount. So taking a smaller dose more frequently is probably a better idea than just taking like a massive dose once a week. So if you can find a supplement that's like a little bit smaller dose that you take once a day, that's usually better as far as absorption goes. And there's no known risk to taking larger amounts of vitamin B12, but I would avoid taking more than like 5,000 micrograms a week just to be safe. There's no reason to take that much. Your body doesn't need excess. It's not good for your liver, kidneys, and stuff to filter all that stuff out. So I just wouldn't recommend taking more than, than you need. Something that's good to note is that some foods are fortified with vitamin B12. So some nutritional yeast, um, some like vegan milks, soy products, breakfast cereals, they'll be fortified with B12 um, because it's known that vegans can be lacking in this stuff. But make sure to read the labels to make sure and see how much is in there. I wouldn't rely on fortified foods only for my B12, mostly because I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I try to eat mostly whole foods. I do eat a decent amount of nutritional yeast, but I wouldn't rely on that solely as my main form of B12. So I take a supplement just to be sure that I'm getting enough. So in choosing to use fortified foods or B12 supplements, like I recommend, vegans are taking their B12 from the same source as every other animal on the planet, which is just microorganisms, without causing suffering to any sentient being or causing environmental damage. So yeah, you could go out and eat meat and get your B12, but you're causing harm to a sentient being who just wants to live and you're causing environmental damage by contributing to the degradation of our planet through animal agriculture, which is awful. And you're destroying your body because animal products are not good for you. So the B12 supplement that I take, if you hear like shaking noises, it's because I'm looking at my supplement. But I take this Diva brand, D-E-V-A brand B12. It's a vegan B12. It has the bioactive methylcobalamin, which is what you want to be looking for. And one tablet has 2,500 micrograms of vitamin B12, which is literally 41,667% of your daily value. So like so much. And the amount that's absorbed kind of de depends on the person. So you're not probably going to be absorbing that much. But I usually take this like once or twice a week and I would like to find something that has a little bit less of a microgram per tablet so I can take it a little more often. But that's kind of where I'm at right now and what I've been taking. And it's a sublingual. So it's a fast dissolve. You put it under your tongue and it dissolves from there and it absorbs really, really well in there. Oh, one thing I wanted to know is that UG and MCG are both symbols for micrograms. So MCG, that sounds pretty straightforward, but UG means micrograms as well. So you might see that on some of your supplements and be like, what is that? Same thing, stands for micrograms. So I, like I said, I take this about one to two times a week. So the recommended daily amount for B12 is 2.4 micrograms a day. And it's going to be a little bit more if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. So just making sure that you're, you're getting that amount is really, really important. So yeah, the RDA 
for B12 is 2.4 micrograms a day. So again, depending on how much you're absorbing from your supplements and how often you're taking them and your fortified foods and all of that stuff, um, it'll just kind of depend on how often you'll want to take your supplement. And again, get your blood work done so you know if you're low and if things are looking good, then stay where you're at with what supplement you're using. Um, If it seems like you need more, then you can go ahead and adjust. So the one that I use, again, is the Diva brand. I'll have links for all of these in the show notes. If you want to get the exact vitamins and supplements that I take, you can go click on that link. It'll take you right to it. The one that I take has 90 tablets in it and it's $6.89 on Amazon Prime. So not too expensive and I feel like it does the job pretty well. So I do need to go get my blood work done. I'll probably get that done here in the next couple of months. And if anything major changes, I'll do a podcast episode about it. Okay, so the second supplement that I recommend all vegans take is a vegan D3 supplement. So it's vitamin D3. And vitamin D is known to promote bone health. And it's also been proved to be essential in blood pressure and blood glucose control in heart function and in brain health. So vitamin D is super important for lots of reasons. And like I said before, measurements of blood levels are really the best way to assess your vitamin D levels to kind of see if you're getting enough, if you have enough in your body. Most studies show that vitamin D2 is as effective as vitamin D3. Both forms of the vitamin are well absorbed and they both raise blood levels of vitamin D. The difference is that vitamin D3 which is the supplement that I recommend, produces more sustained blood levels of the vitamin. In contrast, blood levels begin to drop pretty rapidly after just a few days when vitamin D2 is the source of the vitamin. Vitamin D2 is always suitable for vegans, but vitamin D3 can be derived from an animal source such as sheep's wool. So if you're taking a vitamin D3 supplement, which is the one I recommend, definitely make sure it is a vegan supplement because a lot of times it's sourced from animal products. Another way that you can get vitamin D3 is direct sunshine on exposed skin for like 20 to 30 minutes a day, but you have to expose a decent amount of your body to the sun and it needs to be kind of like daily and you'll get enough that way. But for many of us, Oral supplementation is necessary, especially if you live somewhere where the sun just isn't out that much or you're indoors during the sunny part of the day or you live in a yeah, a climate where there's just not a lot of sun, like I said, which a lot of a lot of us that happens or we're working indoors and just don't get a lot of time to be out in the sun, which if I'm out in the sun a lot and I'm, you know, camping or boating or I don't ever go boating. Why did I say that? If I'm like camping or, you know, floating on a floaty in the lake or biking a lot summer, I find that I kind of reduce the amount a little bit, but I still take it like on days or weeks that I know I'm just not going to be out in the sun, especially with most of my body exposed for like 30 minutes. So vitamin D3 is the most commonly recommended, um, but like I said, it's usually derived from animal sources, but there are several vegan versions of vitamin D3 now available. So the one I take is by a brand called Sports Research. I just started taking this like a month ago or so, and I really like it so far. So like I said, just to kind of reiterate, vitamin D3 is important for your bone health, for immune defense, muscle strength, and healthy cell division, which is all stuff that is super important. The supplement that I take is also made with coconut oil, which is supposed to help with absorption. So the little pills themselves are like clear and have like some coconut oil in there, but that's supposed to help with absorption. One tablet of these has 125 micrograms of vitamin D3, which is 625% of your daily value. So again, you can kind of adjust depending on how much your supplement has in it on how often you want to take it. I usually take these like every other day. If I'm in the sun a ton, I won't take it. And if I 
I'm not in the sun a lot at all. Like in the wintertime, I'll take it more often. So the RDA for D3 is 10 to 20 micrograms a day. So you just want to make sure you're getting that base level and you'll be good to go. So this, this specific one that I take is 60 mini vegetarian capsules and it's $14.20 on Amazon Prime. And I'll leave a little link if you are interested in taking the same one. Okay, so those first two supplements are supplements I'm like, everybody should take. If you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, if you're omnivore, you should just be taking it. These next few supplements are kind of ones that I have added in because it feels right for me. And I'm just going to share with you what those are and you can kind of make your own decision on that. So the third one that I take is a vegan omega-3 supplement. And we all need some fat in our diets. Fat is so important for your body. And a couple of fats are classed as essential because our bodies cannot make them. The essential omega-3 fat is called alpha-linoleic acid, or ALA, and the essential omega-6 fat is called linoleic acid, or LA. So both of those, omega-6 and omega-3, our bodies can't make, so we need to get that from an outside source. And so I often recommend supplementing with omega-3 just to be safe, because omega-3s, again, are so important for your brain health, and your brain health is extremely, extremely important. So on the front of this, you know, little supplement thing, it says that these omega-3s support your heart health, immune health, cognition, joints, and skin. So omega-3s are super, super important for your body. Your brain is important for so many reasons. So this is, that's why I include this in my diet. I might be getting enough from the food I eat and I'll talk about what how you can get that in your diet. But just as a backup, I take one of these every so often. Something that I want to note is that getting the right balance between omega-3 and omega-6 fats is super important. Your body can make ALA, which is that precursor to omega-3. It can make ALA, which you can get from your food, into omega-3 fats, including EPA and DHA, which are both in the supplement that I take. They stand for long words that I'm not going to pronounce, but they're both really, really important for you. However, if you eat a lot of LA or the precursor for omega-6 fatty acids, then your body may convert less of the ALA into the into the fats, into the omega-3s that you want. So you don't want to be eating too many omega-6 fats. You need like a right balance. So when you eat too much of these, you know, omega-6 creating fats, then it can really reduce the amount of omega-3 fat in your blood and you really don't want that. So there are some simple ways to help your body make ALA into omega-3s and that is to use vegetable, something like rapeseed oil instead of oils containing a lot of LA like sunflower, corn, or sesame oils. So cutting back on kind of cooking oils like that can be really helpful for finding your balance between omega-3s and omega-6. And then also just be careful with your serving size of sunflower and pumpkin seeds because those foods are really rich in LA. LA and you don't want too much of that. So just be kind of like a little bit, just be aware of how much that you're eating. And then supplementing with an omega-3 can really help boost your omega-3s as well. So I prefer to take my omega-3 in the form of a combined DHA and EPA, which are the fatty acids that are great for heart and brain health. So I combine those in my supplement and the source is from algae. So many pe- people take like fish oil supplements or, you know, that's how they're getting their omega-3s is it's sourced from fish, which great, that's fine. If you want to get your omega-3, that's awesome. But you do not need to get it from fish because the fish get it from the algae 
So why consume fish and kill an innocent fish for no reason, destroying the environment from overfishing and all of that stuff, when you can just get it from the source itself, which is the algae, which is so much better. It's suggested that most people on a vegan diet take about like 250 milligrams each day. And at the same time, try to limit your foods rich in omega-6, which can also contribute to inflammation if you're eating too much of those types of foods. So Again, just try to reduce corn oil, soy oil, safflower, sunflower, and vegetable oil blends. And like, I just usually like skip oils for cooking. I try to like saute with vegetable broth or water instead. But then adding foods rich in ALA is encouraged. And again, ALA is the precursor to EPA and DHA, which are the really good omega-3s that you're wanting. And this is super easy if you just use like one to two tablespoons a day of ground flax seeds or like a small handful of English walnuts, some chia seeds, leafy greens. Those four sources are like the best sources of ALA, the precursor to omega-3. So if you're eating a diet rich in flax seeds, walnuts, chia seeds, and leafy greens, which I do, I usually have a smoothie every day with like all four of those in there. So I could be getting enough for my food. But just as a backup, because my brain health worries me, I have epilepsy, I'm on medication for my brain, and I just want to make sure that it's as healthy as possible. I decided that I wanted to take a supplement, an omega-3, an EPA, DHA combined omega-3 supplement. So that's why I take it. Again, totally up to you on whether you want to take this one or not. Get your blood work done, see if you're needing it, and you can kind of go from there. Another thing I wanted to point out is, is that it's estimated that we might have fishless oceans by the year 2048. So one thing that you can do to reduce your impact is to stop taking fish oil supplements and source the omega-3s from the algae itself, which is exactly how the fish get it, like I said. So you can totally find a vegan omega-3 supplement. Look for one with EPA and DHA and you'll be good to go. So the one I take is by the brand Zenwise Health and two tablets have 150 milligrams of EPA and 300 milligrams of DHA which is your combined 450 milligrams of omega-3. And I usually take this like once a week. But like I said, I eat lots of foods rich in ALA. So maybe once, maybe twice a week, kind of just as like a little backup just to like, oh yeah, my body might want a little extra of this. Or maybe I didn't have, you know, maybe I'm traveling and I didn't eat any of those things at all. Then maybe I'll be taking this once a day. So it kind of just depends on my food intake and all of that stuff. But I like having that on hand as a backup because my brain health scares the shit out of me. <laughs> so... The one I take, um, the bottle includes 120 soft gels and they're $24.67 on Amazon Prime. So these are a little bit more expensive, which is why I kind of held off from taking them for a while. But I just feel like it's super important and I don't take a ton of them all the time. It's not a daily supplement for me, so it kind of lasts a while. And again, I'll leave the link for that in the show notes for you. All right, the fourth kind of supplement that I take is a vegan probiotic with prebiotics. So you might have heard probiotic and you might have heard these terms before, but just to kind of be clear, what are they? Let's talk about it. So probiotics are live beneficial bacteria that are naturally created by the process of fermentation in foods like yogurt, sauerkraut, miso, kimchi, and other things similar to that. And prebiotics are fibers, prebiotic fibers, that's kind of the term they're using when people say prebiotics, is a non-digestible part of food like bananas, onions, and garlic, Jerusalem artichokes, the skin of apples, 
beans, kind of many other things like that. And prebiotic fiber goes through the small intestine undigested and it's fermented when it reaches the large colon. So these are things that kind of feed the probiotics. Probiotics are so important for your gut health and your gut health is so important. If you are anywhere in the health, you know, if you're interested in health at all, you've probably heard how important your gut health is. It's kind of like your second brain. Your gut health is so, so, so important. It's essential to prevent lots of diseases. So that's why I like to include this in my supplement routine. Probiotics are the powerhouse microorganisms in a healthy digestive system, and it they really make sure that the nutrients from the food get where they need to go and they also fight like the bad bacteria off. So foods that are packed with probiotics include apple cider vinegar, kombucha, yogurt made from like almond, coconut, rice milk, soy milk, and then fermented foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, tempeh, miso, and fresh, not bottled pickles. So all of that you can get good probiotics from. Um, So I eat a decent amount of that stuff. I like kombucha. I use apple cider vinegar in my dressings and stuff a lot. Um, I just had like an almond milk yogurt and I love sauerkraut, kimchi, tempeh, miso. I love all of that stuff. So I probably get a good healthy amount of probiotics in my diet anyway, but on days that I'm not or if I'm traveling and I just, you know, I feel like I'm needing a boost in that area, I will take a vegan probiotic with prebiotics. So this is something that I wouldn't say is like a super necessary supplement. If you're eating lots of probiotic rich foods, then you probably don't need to don't need to supplement with this. And it is best to get your probiotics from your food. But I don't know if I've even said this anywhere. Y'all are going to hear this for the first time, I think. Casey and I are planning on trying to start a family soon. And so since since that's just on my mind and, you know, upcoming in the next few months, we're probably going to start trying. I just want to make sure that my body is in like tip top shape. So I'm taking a supplement as a backup. If you want to take one, great. If not, that is your decision. I just want to give you guys the information, like I said, and you can kind of go from there. So probiotics are also super, super, super important to give your body after a round of antibiotics, since those are designed to kill all of the bacteria in your gut, both good and bad. So re-upping your supply is definitely recommended after a round of antibiotics. Like I would take a supplement after a round of antibiotics for sure. It kind of makes me realize like, why didn't my doctor ever tell me that I should be taking probiotics after antibiotics? Like it's, I don't know. (laughs) The health care world freaks me out really bad. <laughs> so the probiotic that I take is the DVA, Diva, Deva, Deva, Diva. It's the same brand as the B12 that I take, D-E-V-A, premium vegan probiotic with FOS prebiotics. I don't know what FOS stands for. Oh, it stands for like fructoogolosaccharides. It's like the specific kind of prebiotic strand, I guess. So one capsule of these has 2 billion CFUs or colony forming units. I usually take like one capsule around once a week. I don't take it a lot again because I, I I drink a lot of kombucha and have that stuff that I mentioned before. So the RDA for, for probiotics ranges from like 1 billion to 10 billion colony forming units or CFUs. And like I said, this one, one capsule has 2 billion, which is about perfect. So I take these, yeah, once, twice a week. Kind of depends on how much probiotics I'm getting 
in the meantime. And this bottle that I take includes 90 capsules and it's $13.64 on Amazon Prime. And a link will be included in the show notes, as with all of these, like I keep saying. Okay, we're down to the last two. So the fifth supplement that I take is methylfolate. Methylfolate is the active and natural form of folate, also known as vitamin B9. So there's vitamin B9, there's folic acid, and there's methylfolate, which like I said, the methylfolate is what you probably want to be taking because it's the active and natural form. And folate is essential for mood, cognition, behavior, and overall brain and body health. And I just barely started taking this supplement. And you can probably guess from what I just mentioned earlier, why I started taking it recently, because hopefully I will be pregnant relatively soon. So the recommended daily intake of folic acid before and during pregnancy is 400 micrograms a day, but they really recommend that you start taking folate or folic acid or whatever you decide you want to take. In my After all of the research I did and everything, I feel like the methylfolate is the best form of the supplement, but you want to start taking it like at least a month before becoming pregnant so that your body has enough. And why is folate important for pregnancy? Well, enough folate in your body can help prevent birth defects of your baby's brain, spinal cord, and neural tube. Additionally, it can also help reduce your baby's risk of other birth defects such as cleft lip, cleft palate, and certain kinds of heart defects. In addition to protecting your baby throughout pregnancy, folate is also critical for your health. So meeting your recommended daily intake can reduce likelihood of developing anemia, it aids in DNA synthesis, and it helps with the rapid growth of the placenta and your developing baby. So folate is super important for women who are wanting to get pregnant or who are pregnant. And that's why you'll always hear, you know, the prenatal vitamins, that's usually kind of what people are talking about is folate um, or folic acid. And breastfeeding moms need to be taking folate as well because they need more energy and more vitamins to meet their increased nutritional needs. And folate is one of them. Folate is excreted in your breast milk um, at the cost of the mother, which means if mom isn't getting enough, then baby will take from her own stores and put him or her at risk of folate deficiency. So for this reason, it's just so important to continue getting your recommended daily intake of folic acid or folate during the breastfeeding period so you can provide for your little one. So if you're going to get pregnant anytime soon, or if you are pregnant or if you're breastfeeding and you're not taking folic acid or folate of some form, then I highly recommend doing so. I'd be surprised if your doctor didn't tell you that already, but that's why I started taking it because I just realized that the sooner I start taking it, the better, the better my body will be equipped to start growing a small human baby inside of me, which is so trippy. I don't understand how people do this like all the time and think it's normal. It sounds so trippy to grow a person inside of my body. I don't know, but I'm really excited about it. And I'm just kind of trying to prepare and do the best that I can to make sure that everything goes smoothly and that my baby and me are really, really healthy. So yes, you can definitely get enough folate from your diet, like totally. That's why most people don't need to take like a supplement if you're being intentional and mindful about it. But you can also just eat a variety of whole foods, vegan foods, 
lots of color and you'll probably be getting enough. Again, you can track your intake using like my fitness pal or chronometer or whatever you want to use and you kind of check your levels from there or get your blood work done, which I think is a really good idea. Um, but just so you know, some good vegan sources of folate include leafy greens, beans, peas, lentils, oranges, beetroot, quinoa, mango, avocado, asparagus, parsnips, chia seeds, ground flax seeds. There's a lot of stuff that has folate in it. So if you're, again, eating like a wide variety of whole plant-based foods full of lots of colors throughout your week, then you should be getting enough folate. But since I'm going to be hopefully getting pregnant soon, I just want to make sure that I'm getting enough so that I reduce the risk of anything negative happening. So the one that I take is the Now brand, which is Now is the brand. Um, and it's methyl folate and one tablet has 1,667 micrograms of folate, which is 417% of your daily value. So probably don't need to be taking one of these a day. Um, again, kind of depends on how well your body absorbs all of this stuff. This, these all recommend one a day. I mean, I think that's what most of these supplements say, which is probably, probably way too much. And then you're spending more money than you need to on supplements. So I've been taking this one like every other day. So like I said, the RDA for women wanting to become pregnant soon or who are pregnant is about 400 micrograms a day. So this one has 1,667. So I usually take that like every other day, maybe every third day. I'm going to get my blood work done soon and then I can kind of adjust and go from there. So that's where I'm at right now. And that's why I'm taking methylfolate. And the one that I take has 90 tablets and it's 1079 on Amazon Prime. And I'll include a little link if you want to find the exact one that I take. Okay, so the last supplement that I take is called ashwagandha. You may have heard of this before. You may be like, what the hell did she just say? So ashwagandha is also known as Indian ginseng, and it's a small woody plant with yellow flowers. It's native to India and North Africa, and it's classified as an adaptogen, as it's believed to help your body manage stress better. And if you're wondering what an adaptogen is, because I literally had to look it up, I couldn't remember. Um, adaptogens are non-toxic plants that are marketed as helping the body resist stressors of all kinds, whether physical, chemical, or biological. So adaptogens are awesome. And ashwagandha is classified as an adaptogen. So the plant, particularly its root, has been used for over 3,000 years as a natural Ayurvedic remedy against various ailments. So it's been used for thousands of years, really natural way to kind of fight disease and stressors and, and stuff like that. Its health benefits include reduced stress and anxiety and improved blood sugar levels, mood, and memory. I'm telling you guys, if you look up benefits of ashwagandha, it's like this benefits your entire life and your whole family's life. If they don't even take it, like literally it sounds like a magical miracle drug and it's a natural root of a plant. So for me, the amount of benefits that it has and that it can offer you are just outstanding and it's too, it's too beneficial for me not to take. And I totally notice a difference in my mood and my stress levels when I'm taking ashwagandha. So when I don't take it, I can kind of tell a difference. And then when I take it, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel a little mood boost. I feel really good. So I love taking ashwagandha. It's just a little extra additional benefit that I just think my body loves. So that's kind of why I take it. It's beneficial for so many reasons, but the reasons I take it for is reduced stress and anxiety. And it really helps with my mood and my memory as well, which again, I kind of struggle with a little bit because of the epilepsy medication that I am on. 
And so yeah, anything that I can do to boost my brain health, I'm all about. One thing that I wanted to note is that you should probably not take ashwagandha if you're pregnant as it is rated likely unsafe for pregnant women. And again, consult your doctor if you have any questions about taking ashwagandha during pregnancy. That's just something that I kept seeing pop up as I was kind of researching, which I'm really stoked about because I had no idea that you weren't really supposed to take it when you're pregnant. Again, I'm going to definitely talk to my doctor about it and kind of see what what she says about it, but I'm probably not going to take it if it's even a little bit unsafe. But up until then, I'll probably be taking it here and there. So the one that I take is from the brand Nutrarize, and it's made with organic ashwagandha and black pepper, which helps with absorption. And the RDA just totally kind of depends on what you're using it for. I, there are varying amounts all over the internet, depending on whether you're taking it for stress or for mood or for memory. So based on factors like your current health, age, like the severity of your symptoms, whatever they are, how familiar with taking adaptogen herbs you are, and what you're taking it for, ashwagandha dosage recommendations can vary considerably. When it comes to all herbal remedies, it's best to like start low and slow this way you can like safely test your reaction and determine the dose that works best for you. Starting with 300 to 500 milligrams a day is recommended by most experts. And then you can kind of go from there and increase if it feels right for you. So the one that I take is a two veggie capsule serving size. Um, sometimes I take two, sometimes I take one, but two capsules have 1300 milligrams. And like I said, the daily value isn't established. So two of these capsules is 1300 milligrams and starting with like 300 to 500 is recommended. So like I said, I usually just take like one of these in the morning. Sometimes like if I'm, you know, feeling really moody, if I'm going to be like on my period or starting or I'm PMSing or just I'm tired and have a lot to do that day, I will take a couple of them. But I usually just take like one capsule. Sometimes I don't take it. Sometimes I do. It kind of just depends. This isn't something that I'm like super regular about, but I do notice a difference when I do take it. So I love having that on hand. And I, I, I would say I usually take one every other day is kind of like if I were to say an average, that's about what I take. So just so you know, this bottle includes 120 vegetarian capsules and it is $15.95 on Amazon Prime. And I will totally leave a little link for you so you can see the one that I use. Okay, so those are all of the supplements that I take as a vegan throughout the years. That is what I found works best for me and where I am in my life right now feels the best for me. But again, you need to find what works best for you. Consult your doctor, experiment, and find find what works best for you. It's all about finding, finding that sweet spot for you. Another thing that I did want to mention is iron. Uh, a lot of people get their blood work done and come back low in iron, especially vegetarians and vegans, because they're not eating red meat, which is a rich source of iron, also of cholesterol and saturated fat and toxic animal protein. So not the best way to get your iron. You can totally get it through plant-based foods. And I eat, I must eat a lot of iron because when I got my blood work done, I was not low in it at all. But I do know several people who get their blood work done and they're low in iron. So if that's something that you feel like you're needing, if you're feeling tired or fatigued, that could be something you're low in. So you might want to, again, get your blood work done and see if that's something you might need. And a lot of people do supplement with iron. I just have found that I don't need it as of now. Again, I'm gonna go get my blood work done fairly soon and we'll kind of see if that changes. But I just wanted to let you know some good sources of iron just so that you can make sure if you're worried about that, that you're eating a lot of these iron rich foods. So some good sources of iron include lentils, chickpeas, beans, tofu, cashews, chia seeds, 
flax seeds, hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, kale. I could go on and on. <laughs> and a lot of food is fortified with iron as well. So just make sure that your daily diet contains plenty of iron-rich foods and hopefully you should be good to go. And if you're eating a food rich in iron, add a good source of vitamin C to help your body absorb the iron even better. So like pepper, broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, oranges, pineapple, orange juice, all that stuff. Include that in your diet if you're eating iron and that will help with the absorption. And another thing that you can do is to avoid drinking tea or coffee with meals because that will reduce the absorption of your iron. So I did want to mention iron because a lot of people are concerned about that. It wasn't an issue for me. It might be for you. So that's something that you might want to consider. So bottom line, supplements, get your blood work done and go from there. That's the number one recommendation that I have for you. I definitely recommend taking a B12 and a vitamin D3 unless you're getting hella sun, but get your blood work done. It can cost a bit of money, but preventative health is totally worth it. A lot of people don't realize how important preventative health is. They just are willing to fork over tons of money once they're sick, but aren't willing to invest in their preventative health so they don't have to spend all that money. So if you think of it that way, it can be really worth getting your blood work done, investing in some good quality vegan supplements so that you know your body is is where it should be and that you're getting the things that you need. So like I've said, and like I will keep saying, just make sure you're eating a wide variety of healthy, whole plant-based foods and you'll be getting most of everything that you need. And you don't need to take like a daily multivitamin, which just has way too much and way too excessive. If you're eating a healthy, balanced diet, then you probably don't need a lot of the stuff that's in a multivitamin and you're wasting your money and it's taxing your organs and all of that stuff. So vitamins and supplements like the ones I mentioned are not perfect, but food is perfect. The combination of everything in the leafy greens, the chia seeds, the walnuts, that is what your body wants and needs. So try to make food your primary source of how you're getting all of this. It's really easy to just go on Google and look up good sources of folate, good sources of vitamin K, good sources of calcium. I mean, there's so many ways to kind of find out what you should be eating if you're concerned about getting enough of a specific nutrient or vitamin or mineral. But bottom line, eat lots of healthy whole foods that vary in color. Take supplements that you feel you need. Again, I would recommend B12 and D3 to most everybody. Um, the other ones are kind of dependent on what you think you need for your body. And I just wanted to to create this episode and share this with you so that you kind of can know where I'm at and what I'm taking and maybe get inspired to kind of look more into it yourself or to maybe stop taking your daily multivitamin because maybe you don't need all of that and maybe introduce some new supplements that you haven't thought of before. So I think that's it. I hope you liked this episode. I hope this was helpful for you. Go subscribe to the How to Vegan podcast on YouTube. Hopefully unedited video versions will be back. I have like 24 episodes of an unedited videos um, on there. So if you're interested in watching that, go do that. Come find me on YouTube. My regular channel is Kristen Pound. I post lots of recipe videos and vlogs and lots of stuff on there. It's I, My YouTube is fun. So go find me on YouTube and subscribe if you haven't yet. Find me on Instagram, Kristen.Pound and the How to Vegan podcast Instagram. Come find me. Come follow me. Send me a DM. Say what's up. Leave a review and rating on iTunes. Screen share this. Just let's get the word out about this podcast. I think it's super helpful. The messages that I've received from you guys just raving about how much you love it and that you just went vegan and this is exactly what you've been looking for are awesome. So I just, it's really giving me energy to keep putting out these podcast episodes for you. So go leave reviews, go leave ratings, go subscribe, tell everybody you know about this. 
let's just get this podcast rolling. Let's just keep pushing it out there. I would love for my podcast to be one of the most well-known vegan podcasts out there, especially because there are not a lot of podcasts where it's just information driven. A lot of it is like a conversation back and forth between, you know, some YouTuber or a doctor and stuff like that. But I just want to make sure that there's a place for people to go to get nice quality information without a bunch of in-between. So that's hopefully what you guys are finding in this podcast. Another thing I wanted to say is that if you have any ideas for an episode, go leave a comment on one of the YouTube videos, send me a message on Instagram, leave a comment on one of the Instagram posts, whatever you want to do. You can find me anywhere. Let me know. I will add it to my list of podcast ideas because you guys come up with really, really good podcast ideas. So if you ever have an idea, let me know. I will add it to my list. And again, all of the links to everything that I mentioned and talked about today are going to be in the show notes, or you can just head on over to kristenpound.com forward slash podcast. And that is the best place to find everything that I mentioned. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It feels good to be back. It feels good to just be sitting down and sharing information with you guys again in this way. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I have, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will just catch you in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. Peace out.